0: Sunny's Monday Motivation on Loud Radio is a series of compilations of speech, audio clips, and inspirational motivational messages for all who choose to actively engage and listen to the content provided. It is my hope that the information shared will provide his listening ears a true glimmer of strength, light, and confidence within to hopefully give you more aspects to believe in yourself to be everything you ever imagined. What you believe about religion, philosophy, science, people, things, all these beliefs color your life, but what you believe about yourself is most important of all, because you can never be anyone else but yourself, and what you believe about everything else is closely related to what you believe about yourself. Here is a simple lesson that's totally misunderstood. Two things you must know to create wealth. Now I think I'd be fairly safe in saying at least 90% of everyone in this room wants to create wealth. And if I already got it, you want to create more. Because it involves growth, going somewhere, doing something. What do you have to know? Just two things. Number one, you have to know where you are, you have to know where you're going, and you've got to get moving. Now that is so simple. And it's so obvious, you have to ask yourself, why are so many people stuck? And they are. People are actually stuck. All they have to know is where they are and where they're going. Now, you could say the problem is here, that they don't have a goal. And that could be the problem, but I don't think it's the real one. They might have the goal, and still not even be moving toward it. Why? The problem is down here. It's down here. It's where you are. They're being controlled by a paradigm that they don't know, they don't understand, and yet it's keeping them right where they are. Now, these are intelligent people. These people could have passed some very, very difficult exams in school. But they're stuck, and they don't understand this. They do not understand paradigm, although it's a word you're starting to hear more of nowadays. But if you ask every person what a paradigm is, most of them are at a loss to tell you. In fact, if you go start to look up paradigm, you're going to find answers coming from very intelligent people, uh, behavioral scientists and psychologists. That the way it's written is so complicated, you do not understand it. And yet we just talked about what it is. It's nothing but a program. It's a group of habits and the subconscious mind that's controlling our behavior. So the behavior is being controlled. You know how to do better, but you're not doing it, and you don't know why. It started out when you are a kid, and your mother said, why'd you do that? I don't know. What do you mean you don't know? You know better. I know. Why? I don't know. You see, why would your parent keep asking you that question when they see that you're not doing it? I mean, you think, just their observation would say, there's gotta be something going on inside this kid's head. And there is, and they put it there. I remember we were doing a seminar, Science Getting Rich in, uh, in Phoenix. Years ago, there was a woman, her name was Wendy, in London, England. She was going to the seminars in England. And she came to the seminar in Phoenix, to the Science of Getting Rich, and she brought her 24-year-old son. And she said he didn't want to come. She asked him to come as a favor to her. She said, you need what they're teaching. I know you need it because I built the program. She knew that she had programmed the wrong way. Now think of this. It doesn't matter how hard you work, how many hours you put in. If the paradigm does not change, ultimately the results will remain much the same from one year to the next. Now that is very discouraging for an intelligent individual. It really is. If a person is obviously not very bright, that's what they expect. They don't expect anything better than they're getting. But there's people that do expect better, and they're giving it everything they've got, and they're not getting it. What's the problem? It's their paradigm. Okay? Well, this is not in your book, but I added it in here because I think it's really important. That book... Or is it, come on back up. That book, right here, and this record, The Strangest Secret, literally changed my life. I wouldn't even want to guess it, the number of times you listened to that secret. I think it's about 40 minutes of the best philosophy you're ever going to listen to. Absolutely incredible. I've got an original framed in my office. I've got another one sitting on a shelf that I listen to and I take down my record player and listen to it on the record player because that takes me back to when I first learned it. Same record. Absolutely incredible information on there. We've got to learn how to make decisions and most people don't know how to make decisions. They really don't. That's too bad. On the first chapter here, or chapter 8, on the first page, He said, the accurate analysis of over 25,000 men and women who had experienced failure disclosed the fact that lack of decision was near the head of the list of the 30 major causes of failure. Now, he points out in here, there's 30 major causes of failure. There's only 13 principles of success. He said, this is not a statement of theory. This is a fact. Procrastination, the opposite of decision, is a common enemy which practically every person must conquer. Uh, I have people um, coaching different times in Q and A's where they ask me how to overcome procrastination. I tell them to read this chapter every day for maybe 60 days. It's a long chapter, but it's a good chapter. My God, he's got some good information in here. Okay. Now he says, analysis of over, of several hundred people who had experienced uh, accumulated fortunes well beyond the million-dollar mark disclosed the fact that every one of them had the habit of reaching decisions promptly and of changing the decisions slowly if and when they were changed. People who failed to accumulate money without exception have the habit of reaching decisions, if at all, very slowly and of changing them fast and often. Why did they do that? It's a lack of understanding. It's a lack of confidence. Confidence comes through understanding. Now, for years I wondered How the hell do they make their decisions so fast? I couldn't figure that out. Every one of them, they're few in number relative to the masses, and I never stopped studying it, and because that's what I was looking for, that's what I found. Seek and you will find is good advice. Let those lines represent levels of vibration, okay? They're levels of vibration. (coughs) Every frequency is connected to the one above and the one below. They're all connected. There's no line of demarcation where one frequency stops and another starts. They're all connected and they're all together, okay? Now, think of this, that's my phone. That represents my phone. This represents your phone. If I want to talk to you on your phone, I've got to get on your frequency. The second I'm on your frequency, you and I are connected. Now think of this, it doesn't matter where you are in the world. You could be in Kota Kinabalu. You could be in Yokohama, Buenos Aires, anywhere in the world. If I dial your number, boom, like that, I'm connected to you. Makes no difference where you are. I could take a picture here, I could hit send, and simultaneously with me hitting it, you've got it. There's a great lesson here for us. There's no such thing as time and space, that's a myth. Here we are, we can take a picture right here and send it, hit send, and whoop Like that, on the other side of the world, the person's got it. Simultaneously with you hitting it. I'm working with one of the artsy people in the company all the time. And I'll say, okay, I just sent it, You yeah, yeah, I got it, okay. Now do you see what I'm talking about? Now send it, fix it and send it back. They'll send it back. You got it? Yeah. I got it. It didn't matter where we are. I could be on the plane and back and forth. Now we seem to have a basic understanding of this. I think what I'm saying here, everyone in the room understands this when we're using our phones. However, when it comes to life, we get lost. We don't seem to understand it. Well, let's try and understand it with respect to uh, decisions. Let these lines represent levels of vibration, because that's all this is, level vibration. I get on the same frequency as you. Okay? So we let these lines represent levels of vibration. Every vibration is referred to as a frequency. We operate on frequency. My voice is being amplified on a particular frequency. Okay? You and I think on frequencies. Thought is energy. Do you know your thoughts are the most potent form of energy there is? Your thought would make the laser beam look like a toy. Thought waves are cosmic waves that penetrate all time and space. I had the good fortune of working with Captain Edgar Mitchell. He was the captain of the lunar landing module on one of the Apollo flights. He was doing thought transference exercises from the other side of the moon with Ford and Sherman here in the Southern United States. They were doing thought transfer exercise. They had all set up at the time they were gonna do this. And he was on the other side of the moon and they were communicating. And that was all written up in a magazine. Can you do that? You not only can, you do. You'll have a friend a long ways away from you and um, you're thinking about them a lot. And damn if the phone doesn't ring, it's them. You see, you're thinking Your thoughts activated cells in their brain, that got them thinking of you, and they they phoned you. We do this all the time, okay? Now, let's suppose this is the frequency that you're thinking on. If that's the frequency you're thinking on, that's going to dictate the results that you get. The results you get are nothing but the manifestation of your own thinking. We become what we think about. That is the one point that every great leader has agreed on. They've disagreed in virtually every other idea, but that one, we become what we think about. Now, let's clearly understand nothing is created or destroyed. All science and all theology teach that. Nothing is created or destroyed. All the power there ever was or ever will be is omnipresent. All the ideas, all the knowledge there ever was or ever will be is omnipresent. It's all here. We didn't have to get it, we've already got it. What we do is got to do is tune into it. So let's say that's where we want to go. This is where I am, that's where I want to go. How do I get there? Well, I'll say I'm gonna do that, this is where the average person's thinking, I'm gonna do that as soon as I get the money. You can relate to that. I'm gonna do that as soon as the kids are out of school. That's not going to do it. I'm going to start my own business as soon as I get the money. And you know, you do that, and pretty soon the decision fades. And then the goal fades. Why? Well, you didn't get the money. So you couldn't do it problem was they didn't have the money. You talk to anybody that's high in finance and they'll tell you the money is never the problem. Ideas are the problem. Got the right idea, you'll always find the money. Well, you see, we're thinking down here on this frequency. Your mind and your thoughts are down here on this frequency. What you want is up here on a higher frequency. You cannot get what you want up there, while your thoughts are down here. Your mind and thoughts must focus on the same frequency as what you want. If you want it, it's already here. And you make a decision, it's gotta be a committed decision. You say, I'm doing that. Now the second you make a committed decision, everything starts to change. You begin to think and act like the person you wanna become. You stop thinking down there. You're thinking up here now. You're thinking on a higher frequency. Want is the only prerequisite for making a decision. Doesn't matter whether you have the money. Do you really want it? If you really want it, you will get it. But you've got to really want it. Yet you also have to understand that everything you need is here. But you've got to be specific. It's not good enough to say, I want more money. You see 10 cents laying on the street, and you pick it up, you've got more money. <laughs> that's the truth. Sounds silly, but it's the truth. You've got more money. You could be a waiter, somebody leaves you a nice tip, you've got more money. That's not it. You've got to be specific how much more money. You know exactly what you want yet you don't have to know where it's going to come from. You do not have to understand all the basic principles between sending the picture to the person on the other side of the world for it to get there. All you have to do is know how to do it. Just get the picture, fix it, hit send. They got it. Want is the only prerequisite for making a decision. Now, do you know, that is so important You should write it down. Write it somewhere that you're gonna see it often. Maybe get a sign and put it up in your house. Want is the only prerequisite to get what you want. I remember when I sat down with Phil Goldfine. what was it, 17 years ago? Almost 20 20 years ago. God, time goes so fast, doesn't it? He didn't have any money. He wasn't earning very much money. He was working for someone that he didn't like working for. Didn't enjoy it at all. And he didn't know that he could change it. And he didn't understand all this. I'd been studying this for years. Well, it was 20 years ago. I'd been studying it for 38 years. Then... So I said, just do exactly what I tell you. Do exactly what I tell you. He didn't really know me. He was reading You Were Born Rich. And he was talking to a guy that did know me, Ed Morrissey. And he was saying, Ed, you've got to read this book. you got to read this book. And Ed says, what book? And he told him. He said, well, I know him. He said, you don't know him? He said, no, I do know him. He said, you know him? Phone him. So he had phoned me. He got on the phone. He said, could I come and talk to you? And I said, sure. He said, where are you? And I said, I'm in Vegas. So he said, I'll come over. He said, I'm in Los Angeles. It won't take me long. I said, okay. And you see, he did not study this. He was reading that book, and that was about the size of it. He wasn't winning. He wasn't even happy with the circumstance that he was working with. And I said... I got him to tell me what he wanted and I said, I know how you can get that if you do exactly what I tell you. I gave him one of the most complicated, heavy books that I had ever read. He didn't understand what the hell they were talking about. You know why I started to read it? Because Earl Nightingale was reading it. It's called the Edinburgh Lectures on Mental Science by Thomas Troward. It's a heavy book i have been reading it since 1968. So anyway, he and I were I was mentoring him through this book, but you'll hear tomorrow just how his life has changed. It changed so dramatically. Now Phil's a very kind individual. He comes out to these seminars. Every time he brings the, the goods, he shows you what he's done. And even if you've seen it before, it's impressive. It impresses me because if he's done it you can do it if I do it you can do it if you guys have done it anybody can do it I was talking about about you to uh, Peter has worked with us he said and they work with puppies he said what could be better than that <laughs> I, don't, I don't know you have to ask them you know I mean everybody loves a puppy Even nasty people love puppies. (laughs) A person is doing what they want. What do they want to do? They just want to spend their days with puppies. Well, you can't do that. Well, they did it and earned a lot of money doing it. You see, you got to start with what you want and that's all you need, but you've got to make an irrevocable decision. You're going to get it. See, once the prerequisite, That's why successful people make decisions so fast. They know what they want. If I'm working with someone, that's one of the first things I'll ask them, what do you really want? What do you really want? This is such powerful information. You'd think it would be taught in all schools the truth is, it's not. It's rather sad because it can be, but it's not. Now, this is one of the most important lessons that you're going to hear from me between now and Sunday afternoon. You only have to know what you want. It doesn't matter whether you've got the money. That makes no difference. It doesn't matter whether you've got the resources. That doesn't make any difference. It doesn't matter if you know the right people. It doesn't make any difference. Now, this sounds so preposterous to a person that's never studied this. You've got to know where the money... No, you don't. Listen, the money is here. You know that song, love is in the air. You know the song? Well, change the lyrics. The money's in the air. It is. When you're in harmony with it, you will never stop it flowing to you. Money goes where it's invited, and it stays where it's welcome. Listen to most people. The way they talk about money, you think it was the worst stuff in the world. I get so sick of it, and I just never have enough money. Well, they're getting very angry. They say, Why don't you change your attitude? Now, you see, that really sounds stupid. Here they are. They're in need of money, and somebody says, change your attitude. They don't even know what attitude is. Yet yeah, sounds like we need so much more than attitude change, but really, that's all I changed. So you've got to understand what attitude is. See, there's a power flowing to and through you, Daisy. It's flowing right into your consciousness. It has no form. It's a clear, unadulterated power, and as it flows into your conscious mind, you have the ability to make out of it anything you want. Any, wow, yeah, wow. No, anything you want. Do you know something? I don't know if you know what you want, but if you decide on it, you got a stubborn streak in you. As why does this room? You yeah, you know that. So do all your friends know that? You are a persistent individual. You know, Hill says in "Think and Grow Rich," there may be no heroic connotation to the word, but the quality is to the character of the human, like what carbon is to steel. You are naturally persistent. You're genetically designed that way. I could read your energy like a book. I would never try and get you to do something you don't want to do. And you're gonna get it done your way. You're bossy, hell, you get everybody to do what, they, what you want done. Do you know her? How accurate is that? She's natural manager, she just is. She's just gonna take control. Others will bitch, but they'll do it. You see, she's saying that's right. <laughs> you know, how would I know that? Well, this thing that she's living in her, called her body, it's a mass of energy and it's in a high speed of vibration. And it's carrying off, casting off a ray of energy. And I've got a mental faculty that can pick it up and read it. And so have you, it's called intuition. Intuition's a higher faculty. That's why you're created in God's image. We've got to understand, what's that mean we're created in God's image? We can do anything, we've got the faculties to do the job. Most of us are going by what we hear, see, smell, taste, touch. I got dogs at home that can see or see, smell, taste, touch. That just puts you in touch with your outside world. But your lessons come from your inside world, not outside, inside. And you have to use your higher faculties, perception, the will, reason, imagination, memory, intuition. Well, intuition picks up the energy and read it. I don't have to wonder what you're like, I don't even have to look for any confirmation. I know what you're like. You are a very strong, mentally strong woman. I never want to get you to try to do something. You don't want to do it. You're not going to do it. You'll do it your way. In fact, you even do it to your own detriment at times. Even when you know it isn't going to work, you're going to make it work anyway. <laughs> and force, force negates. No, you do that, and then wisdom cuts in, and you say, come on, leave it alone, Daisy. And see so you walk away for a minute. Does this make sense? It does make sense. You know people like that. I know people like that. You know people, you're like that. <laughs> you're sitting there saying, Jesus, he could be talking about me. You see? This is powerful stuff. This is why successful people make decisions so fast. Back it up. Want is the only prerequisite for making a decision. You've got to get this, burn this into your mind. You don't even have to understand this in any depth. Just accept it. Want is the only thing. Just, you want it, but you've got to really want it. It's not just some passing fancy. I saw this suit. I think it's kind of nice. I saw this car. Yeah, I'd like to have that car. Do you really want it? If you really want it, that's all you need. You don't need the money. You don't need to know how you're going to get it. You don't need to know any of that stuff. But you've got to really want it. You see, when you really want it and you make a decision, you flip your brain onto the frequency that you have to be on. The way to get it is already here. But you've got to get in harmony or you're never going to figure it out. That's why when you get on that frequency, that's the only information that can come to you. Yes, the information you need to get there. You've done this. You've done this in different times, not really understanding what you've done. I was doing this when I was cleaning floors. No education. I didn't know how to run a business. I just think I'd go to Atlanta and open a company. I, just I like I liked Atlanta, nice place. You could we'll go over to Cleveland. It's not too far away from us. I always wanted to go over to England. I think we'll go to London. And I just go and do it. And pretty soon money was coming from those places. Now, you know something? If I can do it, you can do it. I didn't know hardly anything. I really didn't. I just kept doing the books, just do what it says. Want is the only prerequisite. That's why successful people make decisions so fast. They know what they want. This is pretty basic. But it's very misunderstood. Now, look at this: paradigms in cybernetics. Anybody that's read psycho-cybernetics—we have a lot of people around the company reading it now. Psycho-cybernetics was written by um, Napoleon Hill. It is so good. Cybernetics is the science of control and communication in the animal and some machines. Uh, the cybernetic controls your thermostat, or con- the thermostat controls the house. The cybernetic systems in the thermostat. It'll change the temperature of the house. It'll turn the heat on, turn it off. Turn the air on, turn it off. Automatically, when you deviate from the set goal. Goals maybe to have the house at 69 or 70. It'll hold it at that. If somebody leaves the door open, it gets too hot or too cold, the thermostat will shift it. It'll change the air conditioning or the furnace. It's all done automatic. Well, your paradigm is like a thermostat. It's like a cybernetic system. Paradigms and cybernetics are both control systems. They operate essentially on the same principle both maintain a definite course of action and will not deviate from the course that has been established. Well, most people's paradigm has them working toward a bad end. Most people's paradigm has them working toward debt. Most people's paradigm has them working towards dumb jobs. You must alter the paradigm if you desire to achieve improved results. Both companies and individuals have operating paradigms. I've gone into companies. I went into to the, the Prudential of America, largest insurance company in the world. At the same time, I was working in Metropolitan Life, the other second largest. It was toss up which one was the largest. One would be Met for a little while, and then it would be Pro. That would be Pro, then be Met. I changed the paradigms in both those companies. A company operates on a paradigm. A country operates on a paradigm. It's called culture is a group culture. There's a corporate culture. There's a culture to your family. You have a culture in your family. The family has a paradigm. Family operates a certain way. Well, this is something the family always does. And if one of the kids wants to go off, what the hell are you doing? We've always done this. It's a family. Oh. Let me let you in on a secret, Dad. I'm changing the paradigm. <laughs> You see, you 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 got to be strong, but if you're gonna be strong, you've got to be aware. Awareness is power. We want to become aware. School focuses on the intellect, the degree. Be able to shape your future after we will be and able to change your paradigm. Well, that's what we're talking about. See, your results should always be under construction. Always. Should never be satisfied with where you are. I was a little kid, Grandma always told me I should be satisfied. Grandma was wrong. She was like an angel of God, a dear little old woman, but she was wrong. Your results should always be under construction, you always want to be improving them. Now, you've got to ask, are you ready to change? Now, listen, if we went around and hooked everybody up to a polygraph and sucked the truth out of you, everybody would say, yeah, I'm ready to change. But you know the truth is, you're probably not. You've got to be ready to really handle some big ones. You know, the people that you love, that you respect, they'll say, what the hell are you doing? You're what? You're quitting your job? Are you crazy? A lot of people out of work now, you know. Getting a job's not the easiest thing in the world, and you've got a good one. I'm of the opinion that there's no good job. you go to change your paradigm and you could have some real serious trouble with people that are closest to you they don't want you to change now think of this people do not resist change that's a misnomer a lot of people say people resist change that's not true people resist being changed when you go to change the people that you're closest to you're causing them to change. They've got to adapt to your absence. They've got to adapt to the new you, and they don't want to do that. They want you to stay the same. Then they they don't have to change. When you change, they've got to adapt to that. They may not be too keen on doing that. Most people are extras in their own movie. They really are. They don't see themselves as the star at all. It's their movie. It's their life. You should be the star of your movie. You should get an Academy Award for your performance. You're the director. You're also the producer. You're the whole deal. You're the creative director. You make all the decisions about yourself. Why would we make ourselves extra in our own movie? Watch a movie you see crowds of people, sometimes thousands of people in a field maybe, running with bows and arrows or something. But there's one handsome dude with a good-looking gal in some kind of a nice outfit. They're the stars. Everybody else, all those thousands of people, they're extras. They're getting very little money, sometimes nothing, but they're in a movie. Well, you could be an extra in your own movie. You see, you really got to ask yourself, what do you really want? What do you really want? Now, you're the director. I want you, where's Peggy McCall, Peggy's over there. Peggy's going to take over here for the next 20, maybe 30 minutes. And it's some of you talking about what it is you want. And what I want to suggest is that you loosen up. Start to open up. <coughs> what somebody else thinks of what you're saying doesn't matter. Quit worrying about what other people think. Frequently they're not thinking anyway, so <laughs> Nightingale said if most people said that they were thinking, they would probably be speechless. Now I want you to really stop thinking what do you really want? Do you know what you want? Do you know exactly what you want? It's very clear. Okay? I remember you talking about what you wanted Ricky, and you were it was so obvious to me this woman was very emotionally involved. You could feel her energy change. And I said, what are you doing? She was a bartender. And probably a pretty damn good one, because you did it for a long time. How long did you do it? Too long. <laughs> huh? Like 15 years. 15 years. So I would imagine that you were in very good tips. You did pretty good. That's what made it hard to leave, isn't it? Because you had to give up all the tips. I was a waiter at one time with alcohol. And I was very good, so I get a lot of tips. I'm a good tipper. Anybody who's lived on tips is usually a good tipper, you see? Well, it's very difficult to leave that, isn't it? She was telling me what she really wanted. It was obvious. I mean, I spent a lot of time talking to you about this at different times, sometimes months apart. She had this idea of a puppy academy. It was the most phenomenal concept but she had to quit the bar, she had to leave all those tips behind and she had never run a puppy academy, she didn't know if they were going to earn any money. Now one thing he had, Marco was supportive of it, wasn't he? You know? I thought maybe that's why she's not doing it, but I talked to him, that wasn't the problem. The problem was you couldn't see how it was going to happen and you had to give up the money. It's a bitch, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yeah. Here's the point. You don't have to know how it's going to happen.